wait, shit, our podcast is called Tell Us More. Hannah and Marissa go off-roading. It's a really great idea. (laughs) Nobody tell us how bad of an idea that is. I just nibbled on yellow lips. It's hard to make a grammar joke audibly. You knocked over her lemonade stand and you ruined our Bring Me the Horizon hat. I love that. His last name is Anderson. Mm -hmm. What a blank name. (laughs) You would never be afraid of a man named Steve Anderson. (laughs) The mythological creature, Dr. Zeus. Better things to do. Yeah, I have to mine the potatoes or whatever. I'm gonna email Yale. I'm so excited. Okay. And I sent it to my office and I emailed the girl at my office and I was like, just so you know, mm-hmm. this is a laptop. Right. From reputable Please site Max, Max for you. For you. The, the letter F- four. Or, yeah. or the number. <laughs> the letter four. <laughs> the letter four. There's the letter in there. I am extremely hungover so I was having a great time everyone was you know Mm -hmm. out we were there and I was like let's go at the Vegas lounge which (laughs) sounds like like you know those like nightclubs that are that are 16 plus sometimes Valentino 16 plus Barfly Barfly (laughs) it sounds Vegas lounge wasn't there one that was just like called wet or something yeah wet Wet. aqua I think aqua aqua clothes. That's what it is. Probably. There is one in Wisconsin Dells called wet, but spelled with two T's. That's how wet I want to be. Fuck yeah. Two T's. <laughs> two T's and I'm wet. All right, this is this is season three. Welcome. Hey, we did the thing again where we just stopped recording. <laughs> Which you should expect that by now. All of our adoring fans. All of our seven fans. Yep, all seven of you. You know what happens when uh, we get sidetracked by yeah. other things. <laughs> by the summer. I had my first enema. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I got to witness it. We did get video of that. Yeah, we do have a video of me getting an enema. We'll Enter post it on Instagram when we yep. reach 400 followers. When we reach 400 followers, I will post the video of me getting an enema from my coworker. It's casual and it's cool. Yeah, a casual enema in New York. I was just really backed up. <laughs> oh, it worked. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by enemas. Tell Us More is now sponsored by Constipation. Tampoo? Now you can. I can't stop. Can't poop, now you can, and you can't stop. It's perfect. It's the exact opposite. It's an enema. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, they work. You know, it helps if you're into butt stuff. I'm not, because it makes me feel like I have to shit. I'm, it's, I've am i never done anal. I'm going to stop talking now. But I'm I mean, going to keep talking about a different thing. About a different thing. About a different thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about a different thing. You could go for Logistics it. Logistics settled. I am going to take my retainer out. That's a good plan. Mm. I'm going to try to order some more drugs for my head. From Bite Squad? Pill no. Squad? No, from like, yes, from Pill Squad. Pill Squad. The new Bite Squad for pills. Alrighty, let's go. So, I found this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but so I got this story off of one source and one source only, the Smithsonian. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Let's start by uh, introducing you to a man named Robert Merck. Or Merch, M-U-R-C-H, whatever. Merp. Merk. Merk. Robbie. Reliable Rob. Reliable Rob. Reliable Rob. What are we going to get up to with Reliable Rob? Well, he's been researching the mysterious Ouija board. Oh, God. Since 1992. Yeah! Yeah! Yes! That fits in perfectly with my story. Oh, nice! We did it. Nice! (laughs) Happy October. I, I love it. Yeah, I got some spooky ones. Same. Nice. Be funny if we did the same thing. Um, I'm gonna laugh really hard if we do this. <laughs> that's it's one of these days. Then it just becomes that the day we do the same thing is the day that we have to be like, well, fuck it, let's just get drunk 
and just do an, a drunk episode about nothing. Well, that's the, that's what we gotta do. Half the time, you know more about my stories anyway. Do so. I? You always are like, well, what about this thing? And I'm like, oh, I didn't read about that. Like, <laughs> that happened once with Jane Fonda, and then I thought the only theory for Amelia Earhart was the Bermuda Triangle. Yes, that and was the Bermuda. That was the, the Bermuda Triangle. You very, feel very strongly about that. Okay, I do. I'm sorry. He's the uh, Ouija board historian, is his technical title. He Ooh. is literally a Ouija board historian. I love it. Uh, and he said that no one knows much about the board, and... Quote, for such an iconic thing that strikes both fear and wonder in American culture, how can no one know where it came from? Does Hasbro know? Well, we'll get to that. Can't wait. I'm going to tell you about I'm it. I'm so excited. I'm not ending here. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And since Robert doesn't know much about it, that's the end of the story. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious considering he's the historian. Right. Well, we he's, don't know much about it. You know much that's about it. That's my whole job is to walk so. around and tell people we don't know much about it. That's kind of like our whole podcast. <laughs> we don't know much about it. We don't know much about it. Don't know much about it. But act like I do, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> An informational podcast that only ever gets half the information right. Do not trust us. Do not, you know, We are unreliable us. narrators. Do not put us in your bibliography. No. Uh, so, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Okay. I call this story The Strange and Mysterious History of the Ouija Board, Tool of the Devil, Harmless Family Game, or Fascinating Glimpse into the Non-Conscious Mind. Which is not only the title of the article, that uh, first part is the throwback reference to the best Nickelodeon show ever, Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Which is on YouTube, and I do watch it, but that's not, it's neither here nor there. Oh, that's wow. it. I just like that, uh, I like that saying. I love that. I thought you made that up. I thought you just came up with that title, oh, and that's what you were titling your story, and I was like, wow. shit. Submitted. We have titles now? <laughs> yeah. The Smithsonian writes them. <laughs> Right, all of our titles. Oh my god. We're so famous. So, um, I was nervous to even Google this, though, because Satan's always watching. Yeah, well, yeah. And I didn't want him to think that I was interested in being haunted by a demonic entity. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you explore that. When you Google Ouija, Ouija boards board. and anything of the occult, you risk Satan possessing your body because it's an invitation that you're interested. Right. So spiritualism was huge back in the mid-1800s, partly because of the world-famous Fox sisters, okay. uh, who claimed they received messages from the dead, mm -hmm. and it used to be completely acceptable. It was totally okay to have a seance on Saturday, but go to church on Sunday. Yeah! Sin on Saturday, cleanse on Sunday. Spooky shit. Man. Yeah, exactly. They even considered it wholesome to contact spirits. Oh, mm -hmm. we love it. I literally just remembered that as Felix and I were driving to the Vegas Lounge, I told him a brief summary of the history of the Ouija board. Oh my god! So. That's amazing. You got a sneak that. preview. A sneak peek. An exclusive oh, sneak peek. Exclusive sneak peek at the season one episode, or season, what season, season are we in? Season three. three episode. Episode one. one. Seeing as the average lifespan was under 50, it made people feel better to think that they could contact their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Even Mary Todd Lincoln, wife oh. of Abraham. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, of course. <laughs> Uh, conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. Sad. I think we all know that I would also die of a fever if this was 1862. I thought you were going to go, yes, agreed. But mm -hmm. also, I thought you were going to say that that was a very, that you are married Mary Todd Lincoln. And I was like, I feel like you also would have yeah. seances in the White oh, House. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I do. They just haven't caught me yet. Here's a quote. Okay. Communicating with the dead was common. It wasn't seen as bizarre or weird. 
explains our dear friend Robbie. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that now we look at that and think, why are you opening the gates of hell? <laughs> Put it back. Put it back. My neighbor, a couple houses down, used to have a Ouija board in his window. Like, an Ew. actual board. Oh my god. And I'd always walk past it and be like, oh, I'll fuck with that. No. That's, like, better than an ADT sign. Like, nobody's going to break into your house if you have a fucking Ouija board in the window. Hell no. (laughs) I wouldn't break into somebody's house if I saw a Ouija board in the window. Oh, my God, no. You'd literally be like, and we're moving on to the next one. Right? And because he opened the gates of hell. Yeah, hell yeah. That's literally a gateway to hell. Originally, people would try to contact spirits by calling out the alphabet and waiting to hear a knock when they got the right letter. Oh. Which, as you can imagine, is very boring. Yeah, sounds awful. Uh, and much like today, we want answers fast. Yes. And their reasoning was like, okay, we have telephones. Um, why can't we talk to spirits as fast as we can with people on the telephone? Right. Seems logical. Exactly. Me. I like it. It's People have been impatient since at least the 1800s, if not before. Since at least. <laughs> Factual data. Factual data states. <laughs> people have been impatient since at least the 1800s. <laughs> Yes. Well, before that, they didn't live long no. enough to even know what patience they didn't was. Know what was they were just waiting to die. I'm like, oh, here I am. Yeah, and I'm, I'm dead. 1886, the first virgin. Virgin. The first virgin. <laughs> the first virgin. Uh, the first version of a talking board came out in an Ohio spiritualist camp. Sign me up. I'm down. Uh, it had the same setup as a Ouija board that you see today. So at the very top. You got a yes and a no on either side. You have the alphabet in the middle, zero to nine below that, and then a goodbye at the very bottom. It is very important to say goodbye. Yeah, you always have to say goodbye. You always have to say goodbye. That's how you can't, that's how they, yeah, that's how you're like, get the fuck out of my right. house now, you're no longer invited. Even demons are extremely polite. When right? you say goodbye, they do take the hint. Yeah, they're like, I get it, let's like, go. There's I, no Minnesota goodbye here. Absolutely not. You have, Maybe people, more people are haunted in Minnesota because they can't it say goodbye. so long, literally. Fucking just gotta rip it off like a band-aid. Exactly. Just or Irish goodbye. Well, no, you can't Irish goodbye a Ouija board because that means you don't say goodbye. Um, every Irish person is haunted. Ever since the potato famine. (laughs) We don't even want to contact our our dead relatives. We don't have any breath. We can't contact them. We don't have any breath. The demons won't talk to us. <laughs> All Irish people are out of breath always. Always. So anyway, uh, so it had a planchette, and that's what people would place their hands oh, that's on. The thing. That's the, the teardrop shaped thing. So basically, people would put their hands on that, and that's what they would use for the spirits to guide their hands to answer their questions, and for people to say, "I didn't move it. I swear. Did you move it? I, I didn't, didn't move it. it. I, I didn't, didn't move it. I didn't move it. I didn't move it. Hey, my mom's coming. Shh. Brad is sleepover. <laughs> Every middle school girl is haunted. They never say goodbye. They use a they Ouija board. They always just fucking cover up the covers, and they're like, "We gotta pretend to be asleep." And then you, then you actually fall asleep, and now there's a right. demon. Now there's a demon hanging out. Now there's a demon at the slumber out. party. Pissed because it wasn't invited in the first place. It's gonna, it's gonna put all of your hands in warm water, it's, and then you're, you're all gonna, gonna pee. pee. <laughs> and then all of your crushes are gonna find out about it. We did that once, and then we also put this girl's bra in the freezer. Yeah, it was her underwear though. Assholes. Why are girls so that mean? I 
kind of feel like I can do a lot meaner these days. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. The fact that putting your hand in warm water to make you pee and then putting your underwear in the freezer was seen as, like, mean back then, it's just like... I mean, it is mean, but, like, there are meaner things that people do. Right. If I'm sleeping over at your house, though, and you put my hand in warm water and I pee, I'm just peeing on your stuff. Right, it's your... Now I peed. It's you... It's not like I did it. You did that. You you peed. You're the one with pee on your face now. Right. But it's... And it's at your house, and I just peed on your stuff. Right. So who's... I don't see how I'm the loser in that situation. (laughs) Exactly. That's what you get for trying to embarrass me in front of Ashley, the most popular girl in the school. Oh and now she's never going to invite me to her pool party. Oh, no. My crush Jake is going. And so is Olivia. And Olivia likes him, too. Oh, no. Thanks a lot. My one true love. My one true love. My one true love. <laughs> I doodle his name in my notebook. I wonder what Ryan. the equivalent of that would be these days. Or do people not do that anymore? Like doodling names in notebooks? Yeah. Like what would the equivalent of like... I don't know, like changing your Twitter handle to like their last name. <laughs> but that's But that's way public. more public. Um, <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Children are fucking weird these days. I, I don't get it. I don't get them. I don't understand. Add them on TikTok? Add they add them on TikTok. They, 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 they subtweet. About it. They sub TikTok. They TikTok. They put initials in they their bio. TikTok. They put initials. They do put in a little heart. In a little heart. A little, like, it. rotating heart. Like, there's seven guys with the initials JB. Who could it be? It's Justin Bieber. <laughs> That's my cover up, you guys. It's just Justin Bieber. I totally don't like Jacob Baker. Get off my ass. Fuck you, Olivia. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Olivia. I guess I now have a middle school persona. I like her. I'm haunted. She's fun. Thank you. Is she a demon? Um, she will be possessed by one soon. She, because she's the most vulnerable. If you couldn't tell by her freaking out about her crush and oh, not right. being um, invited to Ashley's pool party, right? But Olivia is, right? And Olivia also likes Jacob. Well, Olivia's the worst. She is the worst, but she's like really pretty and cool. She's got huge boobs. Right. She got her period in fifth grade. Exactly. She's an A cup. I can't compete with that. <laughs> This is seventh grade. This is the summer before eighth grade. This is the most what important if, year of our life. I won't even buy me a real bra. <laughs> I bought a bra. Pretty sure I bought my own bra. I don't think my mom's ever taken me bra shopping. I think I just stole one of my sister's. Probably. Honestly, I don't think that it was a... I got a touchdown. Fantasy is, is that what you say when you take one of your sister's bras? Uh-huh. Touchdown. <laughs> I got a touchdown. I got a touchdown. Secrets out, Vanessa. Right. You, now you know where your bras went. First name drop of the season. Oh, name drop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, yeah, so anyway, my middle school persona would be the one to be possessed because she's the most vulnerable. Right. Her name is Kayla. Oh. And Kayla's possessed. Kayla is possessed. Did right. you know there's a movie called The Possession of Hannah Grace? Did you know that's my name? I did. I knew that was your name. And I now that you said it, I do remember that that's a movie. I've never seen it. Because you don't want to be possessed. Nope. You don't want to learn. It's actually a documentary Feel, of your life. I was going to say, it feels very self-fulfilling if I yeah. watch that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Exactly. You don't want to know the things that happened to I'm you. I'm going to say goodbye on that Ouija board. Put, hop a, out of there. <laughs> put a goodbye on that Ouija board and hop out of there before my mom wakes up. Because I wasn't supposed to sneak you through my window anyway. Oh my God, get out of here. You know what's sad? What? I never... Everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I, okay, well, I guess technically I snuck a boy into my room once through my window, but this other girl was there, and she kind of <laughs> liked him, but he kind of liked me, but we were, like, kind of together. We never talked. It was one of those situations. Uh, I think it was, like, the summer before ninth grade. Right. And, like, we hugged, and we walked, like, a little bit. We were going to, like, sneak outside and walk we to hugged. a park. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you guys, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want my parents to see that we're gone. And so we only walked a couple feet, and then I turned around, (laughs) and then I crawled back into my bedroom. But I also had snuck her over because my parents didn't like her. Yeah. Well, she seemed like she was trying to get in the way of you and your man. Exactly. This will uh, come back towards the end of the story, actually. I just realized that this girl will come up again. Okay. Um, But then I really started sneaking boys into my my bedroom uh, when I was... 23! <laughs> so I lived with my parents after college. <laughs> and I, I mean, so did I, but I also snuck boys into my room when I was... Uh, in, high school, in high school? When it's appropriate? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not appropriate, but well, during I mean, those... it's like, cool. Right. But it's like, cool. <laughs> now I'm just pathetic. I'm 23. I live with my parents. I have to sneak my boyfriend in through my window after my parents go to sleep. Seriously? They mm-hmm. didn't just let him come over? You're 23. Right, but, like, it's my parents. I know, but my parents let RJ sleep over all the time. Oh, yeah, no, that was a big no-no in that house. Yeah, and I don't have no-nos. Oh, <laughs> they were tired. You're the fourth one. They're like, whatever. They literally were like, fucking, Hannah's alive? Great, that's all we really need cool. to worry about. Did you eat last week? That's just checking. <laughs> have you eaten? Have you eaten within the past week? So... The information on the first talking board was printed in this article that spread all over the U.S. Okay. So keep in mind, this is just called a talking board right Right. now. Uh, And it's like the first version. Right. So then this guy named Charles Kennard was like, hey, I can make some money off of this. Okay. Keep in mind, just because somebody invented something doesn't mean they patented it. Right. So anybody could technically make one and sell their own version and then patent it and be like, huh? Yeah, which is, I'm assuming, what Kenner did. Exactly what he did. Uh, So he got four other investors together, and he started the Kenner Novelty Company. Their goal? Preying on sad people. Okay. Because they're cash vultures. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. They needed Jesus, but then they opened the gates of hell with a Ouija board. (laughs) They needed Jesus more than anybody. So they didn't have a name for the Ouija board at this point, and the common theory is that the name Ouija is a combination of French for yes, which is we, mm-hmm. and the German jaw. Don't know what jaw means. Also, yeah. Oh, it doesn't? I think. So it's just a ya-ya board. It's a ya-ya board. Uh, but that's, it's incorrect. Oh. So, uh, I'm going to still call it a ya-ya board. <laughs> a ya-ya board. Do you have the ya-ya board? Uh, so our resident uh, historian, Robert, mm-hmm. says, based on his research, it was one of the investor's sister-in-law, her name is Helen, who was, quote-unquote, a strong medium that came up with the real name, mm. uh, or came up with the name. So per the article, because I didn't feel like shortening this paragraph, yeah, so I'm just going to read the whole thing. Go for it. Uh, sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through, and when they asked what that meant, the board replied, good luck. Oh, creepy. People think it was the yes thing, Mm -hmm. but their story was that Helen's a medium, and the board told them. Right. The actual, actual thing 
was that, uh, and Robert found this out because he read uh, letters between the original founders. <clears throat> He's taken what he can get. Mm-hmm. Um, she was wearing a locket with a picture of a woman, and the name looked like it said Ouija above her head. But today we think that the woman in the locket was this famous author and popular women's rights activist named Ouida, O-U-I-D-A, because Helen was a fan of hers, and they think that they just misread the word and said Ouija. Oh my god. Because, you know, they're sneaks. They're, they're fucking frauds. Right, right. Robert interviewed the descendants of the founders, and according to them, the story of the patent request was true. Um, in order to get their patent, they had to prove that the board really worked. So, they brought Helen to the patent office with them when they applied, and it is said that the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration, and if the board could accurately spell out his name, which they didn't know he'd allow the patent application to proceed. So he's trying to be, like, a credible right, guy. He's trying right. to say, like, let's... Right. Let me see this. You guys are charlatans. I'm not into deceit, but I am stupid. Right. Legend says they all sat down, communed with the spirits, and the planchette faithfully spelled out the patent officer's name. But here's the thing. One of the investors was a patent attorney, so he he may have just known the guy's name. Yeah. Like, they claimed they didn't know his name because they, I guess they had just met him or whatever. Maybe they didn't introduce him yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was his last name. So, yeah, he, since he was a patent attorney, they were, people think, like, <laughs> he probably just knew. Yeah. But then on February, February 20th, 20th. February 20th. February 20th. It's the month with the weird dates anyway. Uh, February 10th, 1891. A quote, unquote, White-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded Bond a patent for his new toy or game. And Bond is, I guess, the attorney. I forgot to write down his name. Playing with the devil ain't a game! No. Not in this good Christian household. (laughs) Not in this good Christian household. Not in this house. No, not in my house. There ain't enough sage in the world. take that devil playing game right back on out of here. There's sage on the table. Take it right back to Target where you got it. (laughs) You take that right back to Target right now. Um, no, we do not play with the devil in this house, Timmy. We do not play. I don't care if you want to know if that girl has a crush on you. You ask that magic eight ball. That's what you ask. We only use magic (laughs) eight balls in this house, Timothy. You make yourself a fortune teller out of paper like a normal child. (laughs) This is 1997. This is 1997. And I don't know where I'm from. My accent is fucked. 1997. I'm from 1997. 1997, you say. Oi! This lad's from 1997. This is amazing. Bring me more devil information right now. Okay. We're going to talk about advertising. Oh, okay. That works. So, per Robert, though truth in advertising is hard to come by, especially in products from the 19th century, the Ouija board was interesting and mysterious. It actually had been, quote-unquote, proven to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed, and today, even psychologists believe that it may offer a link between the known and the unknown. Science is getting involved now. The first advertisements were in a Pittsburgh newspaper in February 1891. Uh, the board originally cost $1.50, which today would be $42.32, but you could get it at Target for literally $20. Did you go get one? Hell no. I was going to say, and then no. you bring out the Ouija. Because $42.32 sounded insane, so I was like, I wonder right. how much it's actually. Right, no so. one's paying $42 for no. the devil board. 
Nobody's paying $42 for the devil board in this house. We pay 20 and that's we, it. If you are going to play with the devil, you are going to mm -hmm. get a good deal. Exactly. And I don't care if you're the devil. I'm still going to haggle. <laughs> I'm still going to still going to haggle. Uh, but, you know, some people will apparently pay $2,000 for one from this place called Eddie Parker. And I'm not sure why anybody would pay $2,000 for a Ouija board. Is it like the OG? I don't get it. Didn't investigate enough. Got it. Uh, I was respect. just shocked. Respect. respect. <laughs> Didn't do your job. Respect. Half-ass it. Same. Same. Um, you did your job. You have four pages there. There are a lot there of pages. There are so, only so many things that we can talk about. Exactly. Sometimes shit gets cut out. Sometimes you get a lot of words on paper. Sometimes you get a lot of words. Sometimes you get a lot of words on paper, and that's how books happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how books That's how books are made. Those exactly. Those are the books. Birds and the bees of the books. Words, paper. When when some words get thought up in papers around, you put it in a typewriter and you and when somebody loves their ideas and going into East Atlantic. Where we're going. When somebody we're loves their ideas very much, they type on a typewriter responsibly. Type on a typewriter. Type on a typewriter. These accents aren't any anything. We're real. We're rusty. Okay, it's it episode one. Leave us alone. Episode it one. It always gets better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep listening. So the first patent never explained how the actual board worked. They were just like it does, and then people were obviously intrigued by the air of mystery. Right. Duh. And I don't even know if that was on purpose or not, but it helped with marketing. Uh, oh, actually, never mind. Merck or <laughs> Robbie, however you pronounce his last name. Good old Robbie Rob. These were very shrewd businessmen. The less the Kennard Company said about how the board worked, the more mysterious it seemed, and the more people wanted to buy it. Ultimately, it was a moneymaker. They didn't care why people thought it worked, because they're cash vultures. Right, exactly. They, they didn't believe it either. Right. So uh, I think that should go without saying. The Ouija board appealed to people from across a wide spectrum of ages, professions, and education. Actual mediums hated the Ouija board because yeah. no longer had jobs. Yep. Why would I hire a medium when I can buy a Ouija board? But uh, keep in mind, this the Ouija board is still fun and wholesome at this point. Mm -hmm. Wanting to believe in something. It's like a religion. Yeah, spiritualism. Yeah. Um, so it made a shit ton of money. Yep. But by 1893, Kennard and one of the other guys were out of the company due to pressure and money changing them. So I'm assuming they just became shit bags. Shittier bags. Shittier bags. Bags completely full of shit and didn't take the garbage out for a very long time, so it smells. Oh, no. 1916. Jesus. A woman named Ms. Pearl Curran. Ooh, Ms. Pearl. Ms. Pearl Curran became newspaper famous, which is something I wrote. Uh, for writing poems and stories that she claimed were dictated via Ouija board Ooh. By, the, by the spirit of a 17th century English woman called Patience Worth. Oh. And then I wrote, be patient with her. She's worth it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and Pearl, she actually did become very successful. But then a year later, her friend Emily Grant Hutchings said that Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain, helped her write her book, Jap Heron via Ouija board. She was not as successful as her friend Pearl, but that's what you get for, take, for taking somebody else's idea, Emily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's your karma. Mm -hmm. Devil don't play. Mm -mm. Mark Twain don't play. Mm -mm. Did it on purpose. He wanted to ruin you. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Twain. Mark Twain is a vindictive bitch. <laughs> Spill the tea. 
So the tea mark. Um, so it became extremely popular during shitty times. So, for example, the 1910s and 20s with World War One, as well as with Prohibition, which is, was, I guess, very hard for people. Uh, per the article, they need their alcohol, so they went to the Ouija board for advice. I love it. Um, per the article, it was so normal that in May 1920, Norman Rockwell... I'm not going to read the actual I know quote. who Norman Rockwell is. Me too. My mom has a plate by Oh my god. So does my mom. Oh nice. Very mom thing. I was just going to say, it's a very mom thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically it was so popular, he painted a scene for the Saturday Evening Post. He painted a scene of mm-hmm. people doing, I want to see that right now. Right. We'll put that on the gram. Yes. 1920. Self-proclaimed crime solvers, so what we would know today as people on Reddit... <laughs> <laughs> Resident armchair detectives. Yeah. Uh, they used Ouija boards for clues in the mysterious murder of a New York City gambler, Joseph Burton Elwell. And police did not like that. And I have no idea what came of it. That's that's all the article said. Remember, we just kept it to the Smithsonian. <laughs> just kept it there. Uh, but then in 1921, a Chicago woman said Ouija spirits told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. Why? Did the spirits tell her why? We don't question oh, the God. spirits. See, I think I just, I think I would just question them. The New York Times reported that she was sent to a psychiatric hospital, and she told doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, she was just following directions. Oh. So what if my directions come from otherworldly beings? Right. My mom's dead. Let me heal. Let me heal in my way. Maybe this is what I need to heal. My mom's dead. <laughs> and she's right here. There was even a surge in the Great Depression, and new factories opened to meet demands, which is good because it, um, new jobs. factories mean jobs, Yeah. but also sad because, again, you're preying on people that have right. nothing to live for, but then also it gives them something to live for. Right. So who's oh. benefiting from what? <laughs> Always. You scratch my, my yeah. back, I'll give depression. I'll give you depression. I'll give you depression. <laughs> um, doesn't 19- sound like a fair deal. Doesn't sound like a fair trade. One New York department store sold 50,000 of them during only a five-month span. Oh. So they're not going anywhere. They're they're increasing. Because that's just one, just one department store in New York. It's so weird to me that they are selling... This is a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. This is a... This is a... Just, like, casually... A casual Ouija and people just had like they were like yeah let's yeah. just let's just talk to some spirits mm-hmm. we can't we don't we're very poor and sad and hungry so pretty much like today <laughs> poor sad hungry poor sad hungry let's just talk to some spirits talk I mean, to it seems some like spirits. let's let's just do it maybe they'll tell us what we do 1958 miss helen dow peck created her will based off of what the ouija board told her oh so she left only $1,000 to two former servants, which today would be a little over 8000 Well, it would be almost 9000 Okay. And 152000 so $1,350,427.96, to a ghost named Mr. John Gale Forbes, who'd contacted her via Ouija board. You can't leave your money to a ghost. Which is exactly what the courts decided. Okay, great. They're like, you're not doing that. Because where does it even go? Right. You can't sign, go put it to a ghost bank. Ghost Venmo? Wire transfer to hell? Does it have a ghost phone? You can't do that Venmo. It's a ghost? When's he going to pick it up? Can he even physically pick it up? 
He's got ectoplasm. He's gonna get his ectoplasm all over you. Oh, I love people. They're so. That's just. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. A woman tried to leave million dollars to a ghost. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that still happens today. People are still crazy. I just. I can't. I. I am teetering between, like, that's so sad and, like, that's just so dumb. Mm -hmm. And now we're up to 1967. Two million boards were sold outselling Monopoly. Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, and then everything changed in 1973 because of the movie The Exorcist. Ooh. Because in The Exorcist... 12-year-old Reagan becomes possessed by a demon because she played with the Ouija board yeah. by herself. Yep. So she obviously didn't say goodbye. I was just going to say, did she say goodbye? Clearly not. I haven't seen that. Otherwise, it'd be a so. very short movie. Right. I don't think I've seen it either. Um, people were now very anti-Ouija board. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Robert, good friend Robert says, mm -hmm. it's kind of like Psycho. No one was afraid of showers until that scene. Before The Exorcist, if the Ouija board was, like, on TV or in films, it would be jokey, hokey, and silly. Mm. Uh, I Love Lucy, for mm. example, featured a 1951 episode in which Lucy and Ethel host a seance using the Ouija oh. board. And then he said, but for at least ten years afterwards, it's no joke. The Exorcist actually changed the fabric of pop culture. Uh, because of The Exorcist, people now saw the Ouija board as a tool of the devil. That's the devil. So they... They finally realized what it was. That's the devil. That's the devil talking to you. Don't be fooled. That's not Mark Twain. That's the devil. That's the devil. You wrote a book with the devil. You wrote a book with the devil. You <coughs> made a publishing deal with the devil. I hope you enjoy your blood money from all your books. That's what you get. That's blood money. That's blood. That's, that's the color red because it's the devil. <laughs> exactly. Oh, be, who these people are. I don't know either. <laughs> they just keep be, we're being possessed by yeah, by old like my old southern, southern ladies. <laughs> Movie makers capitalized on the idea of Ouija boards opening the doors to hell. So, like, the paranormal activity movies right. and basically every scary movie. Then Ouija boards were denounced by religious groups as Satan's preferred method of communication. Uh -huh. The only way I can get them to call me back is the Ouija board. <laughs> that is funny. The only way. It's probably because he doesn't want to leave any evidence. Like, he doesn't want to get to delete one of my texts. I get it. He's busy. Like, he's the okay. king of the underworld. But, like, like whatever. It's fine. If you're going to, like, be in a relationship with me, you have to make time for me. Right. I would like some communication. Um, and then in 2001, in New Mexico, they were having Ouija board bonfires, which oh, do gosh. not burn the Ouija boards because you know what's going to happen. If you burn... If you, you burn... burn that Ouija board. You burn that Ouija board. If you burn... A Ouija board. Uh huh. You are now making it so the spirits that you summoned can't go back. You left the door open permanently. You basically cemented that door shut. I thought I just left it open. You said I just left it open, and then you said I cemented it shut. Okay, so now so I'm a little confused about the gates of hell. I, I'm a little confused about the gates of hell. I'm just a little confused if they're open, if they're closed. Do right. I need to? Uh, so I guess what I meant by when you open them and you burn the Ouija board, they close, but the, the spirits are still here. <laughs> The spirits can now... You didn't send your friends home first. Your exactly. Friends, your friends need to go home. Right. Your friend. Your friends need to leave. Your friends... Your friends need to leave right now. I saw you playing with the Ouija board. You say goodbye to the Ouija board. You say goodbye to your friends. You get the hell out. You get the hell out. We're going to church extra early tomorrow. We're sitting for both masses. You get the hell out of my house. Get the hell out of my house. You don't get double croissants. <laughs> oh, the fuck? Croissants Sunday is canceled. <laughs> I'm so... I'm asleep. Okay. 
Yep, we're we, we're um, doing it. So yeah, in New Mexico, they're burning stuff. They're also burning yeah, copies of that. Harry Potter. Yeah, seems about right. Yeah, but also Disney Snow White. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Don't know why. Didn't explain. Didn't right. look it up either. Uh, reputable source, Catholic.com, calls the Ouija board far from harmless. You know, unlike those priests. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we're Episcopalian. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. A Lutheran household. This is a Lutheran household. Uh, when our friend Robert speaks at paranormal conventions, he was told to leave his antique boards at home because they scared people too much. Yeah, believe it. Also, the fact that he has multiple boards makes me so uncomfortable. Right. Well, he's the resident Ouija historian. I know, but like, that seems yeah. like he's inviting a little something-something into his house. Right. Well, he probably Ed in the Rain warrens it and keeps him in cages. <laughs> I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull an Ed and Lorraine Warren, you little shit. And I'm going to put you in a cage, and I'm going to spray you with holy water, and I'm mm-hmm. going to leave you in the basement. Mm-hmm. And then when I have a priest come over, mm-hmm. and that's just what it's going to be. That's your life from now on, because you dared bring that Ouija board. Who brought the Ouija board in? I know I didn't buy that from you. You either stole it, or one of your little friends bought it. Who bought it for you? Get that thing out of my house. Who bought it for you? Get that thing out of my house. <laughs> Who bought it for you? Bring it to the church. I don't want to look at you. I want to look at you. You're sleeping in the church tonight. I don't trust you. Uh, you might be a little demon child now. I don't trust you. You're a changeling. You're a changeling. Um, so then here's my favorite line of the article. Oh my god, I'm excited. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'm so nervous. Hot Topic, mall favorite of gothy teens. Okay. Salsa said a Ouija board bra and underwear. <gasps> Yes, they do. Mall favorite of gothy teens is what really got me. I love that. Mall favorite of gothy teens. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm also a mall favorite of gothy teens. Yeah. You just stand there and they're like... I used to fucking love Hot Topic. Dude. All the studded bracelets. Yeah. You had those bangs. Those scene kid bangs. You know it. I'm going to expose Sarah real quick. She, I'm sorry, Sarah, but it's funny. She had a studded belt, but she didn't want to wear it around anybody because she didn't want to be made fun of. So she either kept it like under her shirt when she wore it. And then before anybody got home, she uh, used to listen to the used. (laughs) 
but she didn't want anybody to know. Because she was, like, cool and was on, like, sports teams. Right. She couldn't blow her cover as, like, an <laughs> undercover emo kid. She couldn't let people know. Oh, no. That's so, so sad. Live your truth, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. You know, we support you on your love of studded belts. But science said, no way, they don't work. It's just the ideometer effect. Oh. Ideometer something. It's uh-huh. the thing. Uh, it's an automatic muscular movement that takes place without the conscious will or volition of the individual. So, like, crying when you see a sad film was the mm-hmm. example they gave. And science is like, sorry, you are moving it, we swear. You're a fraud. Dr. Chris French says, quite a small muscular movement can cause quite a large effect. And with Ouija boards, you've got the whole social context. It's usually a group of people and everyone has a slight influence. So this is why no one person in particular can take credit for moving the planchette. Right. Uh, But personally, I still think it's Satan and I will not fuck with one. There is not enough sage in this world to bless my home of this demonic mess. Yeah, I don't think you should, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think just with you. In general. I'm vulnerable. (laughs) If anyone's going to get possessed, it's going to be me. Like, let's be honest. I'm going to be possessed. But I'm also going to be, like, half conscious for it and be like, sorry, you guys. I'm, like, I'm literally in hell. Literally. (laughs) I'm being possessed. I'm super sorry to inconvenience you guys, but, like, I'm being possessed right now. I'm Feel a demonic just... attack coming up. It turns my head. <laughs> turns my head like an owl and throws up. You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm super sorry. I want you to know that that this wasn't making a mess. Me. This, this is, is not a mess. I'm so sorry. This is not the person I want to be. I'm looking for a, the right priest to help me. Yeah, we're getting, we're taking then, care of it. Then they all ask if I have little brothers. And won't call me that. Oh no. Dude, sorry. <laughs> priest joke. But so back to that to that story with that girl. Yeah. We played with one in eighth grade. Okay. And her shirt caught on fire. What the fuck? She may have leaned into a candle. I think that might have been what happened. Did she do it on her own, or did was it Satan? Did Satan push her into that candle? She was a bad influence, I'm just saying. Who was it? You don't know her. Oh, I don't know. That's hilarious that she yes. set her shirt on fire. Yeah, and then you know what we did immediately? Threw the Ouija board. We Yeah, we were like, why did you do that? This is a nice shirt. It's American Eagle. No, we went on like it was either Facebook or MySpace, and like of course made like a post about it. Was like, oh my god, you'll never guess what just happened. My shirt, and I think she texted a bunch of people because that's just the kind of person she was. Oh my god, everything was big. Did you say goodbye? I don't think we did, and I was gonna say that so I might actually be possessed. Yeah, I mean, if you if her shirt caught on fire, there probably wasn't a convenient time to be like bye. Right, exactly. I don't think we. I don't even think I knew I had to say goodbye. Stress. So, quite honestly, I'm I might be, like, a little bit possessed. A little bit. I might have, which, you know what? I have always thought I was cursed, so I think that's why. Anyway, I'm cursed. Ouija boards are I evil. I you didn't say goodbye. I'm very stressed out by this I'm stru- I didn't know I was supposed to do we until... Have to, so, do we have to, like, go get one and then say <sighs> goodbye? I don't want to touch one. Can we just walk past him in Target and wave goodbye? I'm going to call Gary Spivey and he's going to relieve me of you. Don't oh make God. it come to that. What a what a local what a beautiful local reference. Oh yeah, because I haven't thought of Gary Spivey in forever. I do all the time because again I think I'm cursed and I just want to call him and be like, Can you make my body warm and relieve me of this possession? Yeah. And then he'll be like, Alright, so what I'm gonna do now is I'm touching imagine you touch your head and I'm gonna feel the warmth all through your body. Okay, now that is the spirit leading <laughs> you. That is what yeah, the KDWB, local psychic, spooky. Gary Spivey. Spooky, spooky. 
<laughs> Sponsored by local psychic Gary Spivey. I originally, well, I wanted to do Halloween, Halloweeny themed or like mm-hmm. spooky things. So then my first search was horror movies that are based on real things. Okay. So I was like, let's find some stories behind that. Um, and then that led me to Ronald uh, Butch DeFeo Jr. Do you know the name? I know the name. Okay. Hell yeah, I so know the gonna name. Go, we're going to do the Amityville Horror. Okay. <laughs> Side note. There is a house a couple blocks away from me that has the same windows. I will not walk past it. It terrifies me. I hate any house that has those windows. Ew. We also have a joke about Ryan Reynolds because of the movie he was in. Yes. I okay, so I've seen I haven't seen the original one, I don't think. I think I've seen the one that he's in, mm-hmm. but I also am really bad at watching horror movies, so majority of that movie I am assuming I was through my fingers, which Probably. is why I don't re- remember a lot of it. And Reynolds chopping wood angrily, I ain't mad at him. No. no who would be? Ugh, mm. so tasty. Sometimes demons do you well. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk about Ronald Bush DeFeo Jr. So he was born on September 26, 1951. Hey, it's Lucia's birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Happy birthday to Lucia and Ronald Bush DeFeo. What a man to right. share a what birthday a man, with. What a man, what a man, right? what a man, what a murderous man. Ooh, that was there good. It is. I liked it. There it is. Uh, he was the oldest of five children. Their father. Also, so I knew something terrible happened in... This Mm -hmm. house. I didn't know, like, any other information about it, so I was like, it's actually really cool. This is a case where I do know. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of figured that you, I kind of figured you would, you would. Um, but it's still, it's super interesting. So, I mean, their father was a successful car salesman. He provided the family with a comfortable upper middle class lifestyle, but he was a domineering authority figure, often Mm. picking fights with his wife and children, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately... Butch was the most frequent target of his father's abuse. So, Ugh. okay, so as he matured, he began lashing out physically against his father as well as his few, a few of his friends. His family took him to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. I have many degrees. Uh-huh. I had to come up with a new name. Analthropist. Psychiatrist. Analthropist. Analropist. Analropist. Okay, basically he was like, fuck that, I don't want to go see a doctor, so they stopped. And instead of taking him to the doctor, his parents were like, let's just throw some money at it. Mm -hmm. So they gave him the incentive of cash and presents, including a $14,000 speedboat, in the hopes that the gifts would help their troubled son. Because you know that... What? It makes that right tracks, here. right? Right here. Um, That's what they did. I never got a speedboat, but right. same concept. Right. It's terrible. But you didn't go and murder everyone, so it's okay. Huh? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yet. I'm, I'm young. <laughs> I'm young. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this, of course, made everything worse. And by the time he was 17, he had become addicted to LSD mm-hmm. and heroin, and he was expelled from school for his violent outbursts. So in spite of these academic set- setbacks, their his parents continued to just award their reward their son. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 18, he received a prize position at his grandfather's uh, car dealership with zero expectations. Of so course. he literally got this job, and they were like, we don't actually expect you to do anything. Here's your... Just get out of the house. Weekly, exactly. Here's your weekly stipend of money, uh, regardless of attendance or job performance at work. He funneled his salary into his new car, another present from his parents, as well as guns, alcohol, and drugs. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, for a second I thought you meant the parents were buying him guns, alcohol, and drugs. Well, they were in the guns. They, yeah, no, they were giving him money, and then he was buying guns, right. alcohol, and drugs. <laughs> uh, one time on a hunting trip, he actually threatened his friend with a rifle, and then later that day acted as though nothing had happened. Okay. He attempted to shoot his father with a 12-gauge shotgun during oh. an argument, but the gun malfunctioned. Oh. 
And so he literally pulled the trigger, and it, it was, was a little bit of a foreshadowing situation. Like, do you need a new gun? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to ignore Let that this just happened. Let me give you some more money. In 1974, he decided that he was a whiny bitch and started plotting methods for embezzling money from the dealership. You can tell at this point I hate this person. <laughs> oh, you should. Yeah. I think yep. from first sentence, yep. you should just know. Then for some reason, the dealership interrupted him with depositing more than $20,000 to the bank. So he planned a robbery with his friend, agreeing to split the money. So basically, he faked this robbery. The plan went off without a hitch. And then the police came to question him at the dealership. And instead of calmly answering the officer's questions, he flipped out and refused to comply. And when his father questioned him about his involvement and lack of cooperation with the police, Bush then threatened to kill his father. Well, I would have taken that threat seriously since he already tried. Right. Also, pretty sure your dad would have just given you $20,000. Right. You probably have more than $20,000 worth of stuff. Right. Like, I don't think that that's right. a very good plan. No. Yeah, in general, this doesn't this doesn't no. add up. No. So then, in the early morning of November 13th, 1974, Butch walked into his parents' bedroom and shot them both with a thirty five caliber rifle from his secret gun stash. So we have a secret stash right. and then the, the decoy stash. Right. Uh, he then went into his siblings' rooms and shot each one of them in their beds. He killed his entire family within 15 minutes. He then showered, dressed for work, and collected his bloody clothing and the murder weapon in a pillowcase and dumped it in a storm drain on the way to work. 15 minutes, and he just murdered his entire family for no reason. When he got to work, he called home, pretending not to know why his father hadn't shown up to work. Papa! Right? Papa! Where are you? Where is Ast there? Where is there? Where are you? Where are they? Papa! Papa! Claiming he was bored around noon. He was just bored. He left work and spent the day with his friends. Okay. He attempted to secure an alibi by telling people he couldn't reach anyone at home. That's so weird. Uh, And then at about 6 p.m. he called his friend, faking surprise, telling them that someone had broken into their house and shot his family. Oh, my God. I'm so surprised. Somebody broke into my house. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Let me start the story off by saying it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Someone else did it. Shaggy. didn't do anything else. It wasn't Shaggy either. Shaggy. (laughs) Wasn't me. And then we learned it was. Suffolk County detectives questioned Butch about who could have committed these murders, and he told them that he believed mafia hitman uh-huh. Louis Fellini okay. might be responsible because of an old grudge. Old Louis Fellini, eh? Yep, yep. Mm. He told them that he hadn't been able to sleep very well the night before, and so he'd gotten up early to go to work, and he believed that his family was alive when he left. It's like, what do you, what do you think? I'm going to go knock on everybody's door and make sure they're still alive? Why right. would I do that? I, was, I couldn't sleep. I had to go to work, because I, I am a very... Important businessman. Do, do you check in the morning to see if your family's still alive? <laughs> I, I believe sorry. they were. Yeah. I, I had no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, I have no reason it's not to believe like otherwise. I shot them. Right. I don't have a, a decoy stash of guns <laughs> and then a secret stash. Right. Louis, you know who does? Louis Fellini. Mafia hitman. Mafia hitman. Old grudge. Killed my whole family. Those mafia guys, they <laughs> hold grudges. So dumb. I literally wrote, police did some policing. <laughs> And realized that the timeline of Butch's story doesn't fit. And this began, uh, Louis Fellini guy sounds uh, like he wasn't uh, around. Louis Fellini. He was actually killing another guy. So what's uh, going on, Ronald Butch DeFeo <laughs> Jr.? Yes. That's 
exactly how the police sounded. How uh-huh. did you know? I listened to That's them. That's how every cop sounds as soon as you get <laughs> that badge. Regardless of location. <laughs> Regardless of location. As soon cops as you get that Iowa. badge. Yeah. Hey, uh, I think that Louis, Louis Fellini. Uh, that Louis Fellini. Uh, killing some other guy. killing another guy right now, so something ain't adding up. Yeah, when they began to question him about new evidence, he started changing his story. He first claimed that the mafia man had held a gun to his head while he watched him murder his entire family. So and then he Louis sent Fellini, him to work. And then he sent him to work. <laughs> he did not want him to be late. Because Louis was like, you know, you gotta right. maintain that. Now that dad's, dad's dead, you're the one running <laughs> you're the it. Of the house now. <laughs> Eventually, he confesses to police. Once they started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. At his trial, DeFeo or Butch told ju- jurors that he heard voices that told him to kill his family. The defense claimed that he suffered from a dissociative disorder, but the prosecution proved that Butch suffered from an antisocial personality disorder, making him aware of his actions, but motivated by a self-centered attitude. So he's basically a fucking dick. Right. They're like, okay, we understand that you have this mental illness, but you still chose yeah. to murder? Yeah. And there's a lot of other people that have this mental illness that don't Didn't choose. murder. Yeah. Their family. Exactly. And blame it on Louis Fellini. He's yeah. a really nice guy. So actually never killed anybody. Actually a really great family man. <laughs> Just a great family man. Just a couple of murders under his belt, but a uh, pretty good pretty good guy. Knows how, to, uh, knows how to really cut a pork chop. Pretty good guy. Pretty good guy. Owns a butcher shop. <laughs> Ironic. Fred and Ives. Who would have thought? Fred and Ives. Fred and Ives. Owns a butcher shop. Owns a butcher shop. Fred and Ives. What are you going to do? He shoots the meat. It's the family business. <laughs> he shoots the meat. Shoots the meat. Wax it. Little bit of, little bit of gunpowder on there, but man, does that boy know how to? That man know how to chop up, get a, get a pork chop, get a pork chop, real nice, real tender cut, real chopped up without any, any knives, any knives. Uses scissors. Just <laughs> real dull scissors. Real dull scissors. Doesn't like sharp things. Don't blame him. Could hurt somebody. You could hurt somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally, Louis Fellini. I guarantee that guy's like terrifying and is an actual mafia hitman, but also I don't know. Knives. This guy. This guy. Ronald sounds kind of like kind of a liar. Kind of a liar. And then he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences and sent to Greenhaven Correctional Facility in New York. He or his appeals to the parole board have all been turned down. Thankfully. Good. So then we come to the house. So. In December 1975, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children move into Butch's old family home, Mm -hmm. and after 28 days, the family left the house, claiming to have been terrorized by paranormal phenomena. Mm -hmm. So I have, like, a list of things that happened in the house. Little spooky things. Mm -hmm. So George would wake up around 3.15 every morning and go out and check the boathouse. He later learned that this was the estimated time of Butch's murder spree. Mm. So, 3.15 every morning. The house was plagued by swarms of flies, despite the winter weather. Kathy had vivid nightmares about the murders and discovered the order in which they occurred and the rooms where they took place. The Lutz children also began sleeping on their stomachs in the same way that the dead bodies in the DeFeo murders had been found. Which, to me, is like... Who doesn't sleep I sleep on my tonight. stomach all the time. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. some of this is like, meh, okay. Kathy would feel a sensation as if being embraced in a loving manner by an unseen force. So, okay. Yeah. One nice ghost. Right? George discovered a small hidden room about four feet by five feet behind shelving in the basement. The walls were painted red and the room did not appear in the blueprints of the house. This room became known as the Red Room. And the room had a profound effect on their dog, Harry, who refused to go near it. And cowered as if sensing something ominous. 
which I trust animals way more than Same. people. There were cold spots and odors of perfume and excrement in areas of the house where no wind mm-hmm. drafts or piping would explain the source. Right. While tending the fire, George and Kathy saw the image of a demon with half of his head blown out. Sounds like Ouija board. Right. <laughs> it was burned into the soot in the back of the fireplace. Clean your soot. We won't have them. Clean your soot. Demons are attracted to soot. You keep a clean house, the devil will not come in. Bless this mess. <laughs> devil likes Get soot. that soot right on out of here. Tracks those demons. Get it out of Kinda here. Kind of like how leaving food out tracks fruit flies. Soot tracks demons. <laughs> Same. The Lutz's five-year-old daughter, Missy, developed an imaginary friend named Jody, who was a demonic pig-like looking creature with glowing red eyes, which, again... <laughs> I don't really trust children. (laughs) Never do. They lie. They're liars. In the early morning hours on Christmas Day, George looked up at the house after checking on the boathouse and saw Jody standing behind Missy in her bedroom window. When he ran to her room, he found her fast asleep with her small rocking chair slowly racking back and forth. Do you think maybe she could have been up uh, reading a book and then uh, heard you come in and then ran? And then uh, ran back to her uh, bed? Ran back to her bed? Maybe you, like, saw a trick of the light or something? Because it was the early morning hours? You think maybe that's what happened? I don't know. Maybe you're looking for an excuse to uh, hurt your family. Uh, Sounds like, uh, I don't know, Louis Fellini's dog, Cutie Fellini. Yeah, oh my god! I want him to have a dog and I want his name to be Cutie Fellini. That's amazing. Doesn't, uh, doesn't exactly trust this guy. I don't trust, I don't trust this uh, guy. Cutie Fellini doesn't trust you, then Louis Fellini kills you. Yeah. That's how he, uh, I believe that. Does his hit, hit man in. <laughs> oh, this was one of the other ones that was creepy. Uh, you would wake up to the sound of the front door slamming and you would race downstairs to find the dog sleeping soundly at the front door. Nobody else heard the sound, although it was loud enough to wake the house. George realized that he bore a strong resemblance to Butch uh, and began drinking at the Witch's Brew, which is the bar where Butch was once a regular customer. Mm. Or was it close in proximity, perhaps? And that's why we chose to go there? (laughs) Um, I got a thing for cauldrons. What can I say? What can I say? say, uh, Drink at a cauldron there. The one that's the most famous is green gelatin-like slime oozed from the walls in the hall and also in the keyhole in the playroom door in the attic. So basically, just a bunch of this shit. Like, I started reading into, like, if people really believe it happened and, like, everyone that's lived in this house since then has not had any issues. Like, the red room is downstairs, but it's, like, they're, like, there's people that live there. Like, there's no way they couldn't have seen it. Like, it wasn't tucked behind it. Right. And I was, like... Whatever. So, George Lutz maintains that the events in that were written in the book about uh, Amityville Horror are mostly true. He denied any suggestion of dishonesty on his part. In June 1979, George and Kathy took a polygraph test relating to their experiences at the house. Polygraph tests were performed by Chris Gugas and Michael Rice, who at the time were reportedly among the top five polygraph experts in America. Mm. Now, I mean, now we don't really know if polygraphs are really that legit anyway, but that's just what I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Um, The results, in Mr. Rice's opinion, did not indicate lying. And in October 2000, uh, the History Channel broadcast Amityville, The Haunting, and Amityville Horror or Hoax, a two-part documentary made by horror screenwriter Daniel uh, Ferrans to mark the 25th anniversary of this case. George Lutz commented in an interview for the program, I believe that this has stayed alive for 25 years because it is a true story. It doesn't mean that everything that has ever been said about it is true. It's certainly not a hoax. It's really easy to call something a hoax. I wish it was, but it's not. 
Interesting. So George still maintains hmm. that. Yeah, just not like you, George. That's why. I and that's when that's when that's the worst. Yeah. Or did they get all their haunting out of their system and we're like, right. we're good. We're good now. We're we good don't now. feel like doing it anymore. Also, like, is it his family that's haunting the house? Why are they mad? I mean, yeah, they were murdered, but like, they weren't like Did, bad people. Right? Didn't they say that wasn't one of the theories that Butch murdered his family because he was possessed? Well, that's what he yeah. he tried to claim that he was yeah. hearing voices. Yeah, that was the defense's thing. Was he has dissociative identity disorder, so he's essentially schizophrenic or whatever. Yeah, the prosecution was like, no, you are completely sane you are aware of what you did you're, you're just, just a, murderer. a huge narcissist <laughs> and you're obsessed with yourself right um yeah so that was one of the theories was that he was possessed and that's why he killed his whole family yeah. but so i think within a certain amount of years you have to disclose that like a death mm-hmm. happened in a home mm-hmm. so but it was probably news right people probably yeah. like well knew. and when i read george and kathy lutz were told they were told by the real estate agent about what happened in the in the house and they decided it wouldn't be a problem. That was literally what I read was that they made the decision that that wouldn't be an issue. I wonder if like, here's some theories. Mm-hmm. They played the long con. Mm-hmm. They heard about this in the news and they were like, we got an idea. We're going to go out and buy the house and we're going to pretend to be surprised. Or they didn't know. And then when they had the opportunity to buy the house, they were like, we see some potential, make mm-hmm. some money. Or... I don't know. Maybe they were haunted. But also, if it was a lie, and I'm not, I don't know. If it was a lie, don't you think, what would they do to the kids? Be like, you better not fucking say anything. Right. I mean, the kids, uh, that's where the, the thing, like, about the little girl being, like, she has this imaginary friend or whatever, like, I can see that becoming, like, what children do if you see your parents lying about, like, if you see your parents talking about all this weird shit happening right. in the house, then, yeah, you're probably just going to fall suit and you're playing a game. <clears throat> right. But I mean... I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> there are three of them, right? And then... The kids? There's three kids. Yeah. And some of them are, like, a little older, though. So you wonder... Yeah, Poke I and prod know. those kids unless their parents made them sign an NDA. Well, parent doesn't make their child sign an NDA. That's a better question. That's true. <laughs> what parent doesn't do that? That I do find interesting. Have, I have the kids ever been interviewed? I don't know. I didn't see anything about the kids being interviewed. I mean... Everything was really focused on George and Kathy, and it seems as though they are, like, the most... Okay, so let's say polygraph tests aren't legit anymore. They were legit at some point. I guess you could... You can. I think you've all, you could always trick them. Yeah, you can trick as, them. If you put, like, a pebble in your shoe and yeah, press Yeah, or, like, it. you, like, press down on, yeah. like, a nail or something. Right, exactly. So I don't know, dude... I just thought it was spooky, ooky, ooky. Pretty darn. Um, right. I wonder if the parents said, if you get open your mouth, we're going to call Louis Fellini. We're going to get Louis Fellini over here, and he's not bringing Cutie, because he's, he's got cutie. business to do. Cutie, cutie doesn't like violence. Cutie is a, cutie's not a big fan of violence. <laughs> cutie just sniffs him out. But I don't tell Cutie. I would kill him. I would break his little hat. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say. In the Ryan Reynolds version, there's this scene. So he's out chopping wood, and he's mm-hmm. getting angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm. So imagine... A hug. So he hugs the wife, but instead of his arms being around her waist, he has one arm like kind of around her neck, mm-hmm. and then he goes, reason like really hard. Mm-hmm. And so when me and like Lucha watched that, we started laughing, and now the the and Linda was there too, I think. And now the joke is, let me just smell your hair. <laughs> let me just take a sniff. Let me just let me just smell your hair. <laughs> Because it looked like that's what he was doing, but, like, yeah, angrily sniffing her hair. It could so. have been sniffing her hair. Maybe it turns him on. Maybe it's got a hair kink. Perhaps. There's kinks for everything. So yeah, I'm no. told. Don't kink shame Bill Gates. Yeah. Stop <laughs> kink shaming Bill Gates. How many could throw back college jokes can we make? Let's roll. 
gangster roll. Is that how we, I don't, we haven't done it in so long? How do we end the podcast? Rate, subscribe, subscribe like, like us, comment. write a review. Just like, please like us. Just like us. That's all we're asking. Follow us on Instagram at tellusmorepodcast on Instagram.com. On Instagram.com. You can download Instagram.com it Instagram.com slash tellusmorepodcast. Exactly. Is that our it's, actual handle? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. It's not just tellusmore. Tellusmorepodcast, yeah. Uh, yeah, so tellusmorepodcast. Um, you are listening to this on the platform that you are listening to it on. <laughs> But if you're interested in other platforms, the options are iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And, like, tell your friends. Be like, hey, there's this podcast. I like it. I like there's it. Three, there's three streaming options. Those, again, would be iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, and SoundCloud. and SoundCloud. And there is an iTunes app. It's purple. Or an iTunes podcast app. It's separate. Don't go looking on that music part. Don't go. Where you, what, this isn't music. This isn't we music. We do sing sometimes, sometimes. But it's not great. Well, we're not. Mine's not. We're we're not claiming to be a. Uh, we don't uh, know Louis Fellini. We know Louis Fellini. He's got the right. voice of Sinatra. He's got a voice of an angel. He's got a voice. Voice um, of an angel. Nice. Lips of an angel. Well, hinder drink fish. Yes, hinder. Uh, all right, you guys. Thank you so much. So excited to be back. Season three, episode one. Rate, comment, subscribe. Five stars, please. Tell your friends. If your mom's cool, tell your mom. Uh, <laughs> Tell her even if she's not. Tell her. And then follow us on Instagram. Okay, bye! Bye. Bye. That's funny. I love it.